You're listening to The Road to Philanthropy with Gary Cohn, a podcast series on giving and working with nonprofits. This podcast is produced by Painted Rock Advisors, a consulting hub providing services to the philanthropic and nonprofit communities. We bring together your values and wealth with opportunities to do good work and make the world a better place. What can we do to help you? Contact us at paintedrockadvisors at gmail.com. Hi, this is Gary Cohn. Welcome to The Road to Philanthropy, a podcast series on everything in the nonprofit and philanthropic world. Today we have a very special guest, Sylvia Gutierrez. Sylvia is the Executive Director of Safe Parking LA, whose mission is to provide safe parking to facilitate stability and housing in LA County for individuals living in their vehicles and advocate for fair and equitable treatment and resources for the unhoused. Sylvia joined Safe Parking LA in May 2020. Previously, she spent over 10 years in the homeless community, leading three nonprofit institutions. Sylvia has a master's from USC in executive leadership and a degree in social work from the Union Institute. Welcome, Sylvia. Thank you, Gary. It's nice to be with you. Great. First, can you share with us a little bit about your path from growing up in Los Angeles to your role now as a nonprofit executive? How'd you get here? <laughs> yes, thank you. How did I get here? Well, I act, I was born in Mexico, and so I came here as a little girl. And my mom is just a hardworking immigrant that came here, you know, to to give us a better life and and to provide uh, all of the opportunities that you know I've accessed being here in the United States. We grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, she was she owned her own businesses in downtown Los Angeles. My mother is an entrepreneur, and from the age of five years old, we had to go to work with her. Uh, if we were not in school, we were working. On weekends, we were working, and so I definitely got that working element ingrained in in my blood and who I am. And I also uh, had the benefit of going to Catholic schools. So I'm a product of a Catholic education and really learned about giving back and really had the benefit of having great teachers. Education was so important in my life. I really thrived in that realm. And I went to Immaculate Heart High School. And at Immaculate Heart High School, I just feel like they breed Uh, women that give back to the world. And and that's really how I ended up being a social worker, a person that loves, you know, putting things together, leading things, and making a change in the world is really how I got here. That's great. It's very similar to my upbringing and learning how to do social work and, uh, and, and community service projects all through high school and everything. Uh, It does instill a, a strength in us as we grow to be adults, as it did with you. You've worked for several nonprofits focusing on homelessness and the unhoused. What draws you to this part of the uh, nonprofit work? I think it was destiny. I went to school, as I said, at Immaculate Heart High School, and I wanted to be a social worker. So I knew that. I knew I wanted to be a social worker. I actually wanted to work with kids specifically when I got into this field. I that's where I saw myself is making a difference in the lives of children. But, you know, what, where you plan to go and where you end up aren't always in the same place. Although when I help families and when I help people that are experiencing homelessness, 
I'm changing the lives of children. So I'm really happy about that. And I really have had a lot of experiences in my life that were, you know, negative or difficult, I should say, uh, coming from an immigrant family, coming from a single household. I really know about certain trauma issues. And so working with people that are experiencing trauma, experiencing homelessness, just always has seemed like a great fit for me. I feel like many times I have uh, walked in the same shoes or uh, have known people that I really care about that have experienced trauma and difficulties. And stuff happens to people no matter how well you plan. So it can happen to anybody. There's an old saying in, uh, in Jewish texts that uh, uh, man plans and God laughs. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So your life experiences were challenging at times. Can you talk about any of that and what, how that brought you to the success you have today? Sure. Well, you know, my mom was a single mom, worked every single day. She took one day off in a year. And that was Christmas. And that was the one day she took off. And, and that had a lot of challenges. And she grew up uh, poor. I mean, extremely poor. And she worked really hard to give us a lot of, you know, things, a home education. But unfortunately, we didn't get to spend a lot of time with her. Um, and so, you know, we were latchkey kids. Um, we didn't have a father in our lives who was positive. Um, there was a lot of abuse as far as like domestic violence and child abuse. And, and so those were the, the, the branches, I think, that really grounded me in wanting to make a difference and knowing that when you encounter somebody in your life, they do have the ability to make a difference. I had a lot of great teachers and they were the ones that, you know, really reminded me that I was capable that I mattered, and that I could do and be anything I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What excites you about the work you do? Uh, what gets you up in the morning and says, oh, I can't wait to get to the office, or actually in the past <laughs> year, get, get to your uh, office in the house? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think what, what excites me is opening doors. I, I, really, I really see that that's, that's what excites me. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, opening doors for people that are experiencing homelessness, uh, providing them with support, doing advocacy, um, work that changes the system and changes policies and develops more access for our clients. Mm -hmm. What also yeah. excites me though, is opening doors for staff, right? Providing training, providing mentorship, providing capacity for growing and infrastructure, and just really being creative about how we do the work. Um, I'm a person that I wanna know what the rules are and, and I wanna know where the line is, but I also wanna know if there's a bridge to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Is there something that someone hasn't thought of? Is there a perspective that we could consider that is outside of the boundaries. And so I try to be really creative in how we do our work and also creative with staff. Um, I, I really encourage them to come to me with problems and to really spend time thinking about at least one possible solution. 
So right? to me, so many it's times really... people, so many times people come with problems and don't think about a solution. So that's a good way to go. Very much exactly. so. Exactly. So it's really opening doors. Opening doors is, is how I see my work now. When I, you know, I, I grew up wanting to be a social worker. So I want, I love working with people directly. And when I got my first big promotion, I was a little worried because I, I thought to myself, okay, I'm not going to have a caseload anymore. I'm not going to experience the direct work anymore. And, and somebody who I was working with said to me that I needed to change my perspective and think about as I became a supervisor, a leader, I could help five people with all of their caseloads and really magnitude the, the reach that I have right. in, in how I do my work. So that, that really changed my perspective and, and has really, again, opened the door to leadership for me. Very good. Uh, you're now with Safe Parking LA for over a year now. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit about the work you do with Safe Parking LA. What's the agency about? Well, the, the agency is a relatively new organization. Um, and, and that's kind of always interesting to me because safe parking, people parking in their vehicles, um, it's been going on since there have been vehicles. I'm pretty sure about that. But nobody ever sat down and really thought about developing a strategy, about developing a program around it and, and creating it. And that's really what the founders of Safe Parking LA did. They created a program and they, they did a lot of advocacy work to bring it to the attention to, to you know, the system of homeless services, uh, council members, the city, and it became a strategy, a strategy that the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority put money in. And, and now it's, it's a full-fledged strategy of, of ending homelessness. I came on board a little over a year ago um, and really looked at the organization and, and the organization was, is grassroots. It was really founded by people that had passion and commitment. And my role has really been to create infrastructure, to look at our capacity, best practices, and start to design an organization that has uh, professional pieces to it and look at sustainability. I've had the pleasure of building a team and creating systems and, and working on things that, that are gonna make sure that Safe Parking LA is always around. Let's go to the, the operations of Safe Parking. How many parking lots are you involved with now? Now we have 10 uh, Safe Parking programs. So we, we are in the Valley in Reseda. Uh, we also are in Hollywood. We are in downtown Los Angeles. We are in Echo Park. And we are also on the west side. Uh, we have parking programs on the VA campus in, in West Los Angeles. Uh, we have parking programs in Culver City, Westchester, uh, the Sautel area. And so we are pretty spread out and we've got a, 10 parking programs that equal 266 spaces in total. And what kind of services do you offer the residents of, of the parking lots? We offer a safe place to park and that's just the beginning of what we do. Um, our safe parking lots have 
a security guard that is there from the time we open till the time they leave so that people can have a restful night, not worrying about their safety or their environment. We have sanitation. Uh, we have access to restrooms and, and water to wash your hands. And we also have a case management component. We have a case manager that works directly with the clients, gets to know them, does assessments, links them to resources, and starts to develop their housing and stability plan, and really getting to know them, building a, a relationship that will be focusing on what are their strengths, uh, what, what are their weaknesses, and how can they make a plan to leave our safe parking and get into stable housing. And, and, you know, we are safe parking, but really to me, what's at the core of the work that we do is that relationship, is that advocacy and is supporting people to, to create a path into their own plan. You are listening to The Road to Philanthropy. We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. I think the most difficult thing in, in LA right now, and I just came from San Francisco a week up there, uh, and they have the same kind of a problem with homelessness up there, is that a lot of people look at people on the streets and don't look at them as people, they look at them as problems. Um, right. And how do right. we change that mentality among the broader public? Well, I think it's about telling the stories of, of the people. Um, and, and there's always a story. Um, and and telling the stories that demonstrate that becoming homeless can happen to anyone. You know, in uh, 2017, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer and I had to stop working for seven months and I wasn't able to go back to my job. And I was without a job for a good six months and it was a scary time. And when you have cancer, I mean, you're, you're sick you're recovering. And, and that really brought it home for me. This can happen to anyone. And I think the other issues are we need more housing. We need more complex housing. Uh, we, we need to increase the minimum wage so that people are able to earn enough money to be able to rent a, a place that they can afford. So I think we've got a lot of different issues going on. And I do also want to say that one of the biggest surprises that I have had coming into, say, Parking LA is how many of our clients are working or have income. And they have decided that instead of entering the shelter system, they're going to hold on to what they still have, which is their car. If they have a car, they have some income because they have to have gas, they have to have insurance. Uh, they have to maintain certain things. And, and that means that they have more resources. So I've been really surprised at how quickly we can pivot clients into renting a room, uh, you know, paying for a studio apartment uh, because they're able to save every dollar that they make and, and they do not want to go into a shelter system. Okay. Question. How do clients get involved in Safe Parking LA? How do they get to you? Do they just drive in or is there an application process or what? Yes, there's definitely an application process. Uh, we want to make sure everyone who is staying with us 
has, um, is experiencing homelessness, has a valid driver's license, they have vehicle insurance, they have registration that's current. So they have to do an intake with us uh, on our website, uh, safeparkingla.org. People can log on there and start the application process and they'll get a call from our intake coordinator who will you know, get the documents from them that we need. And, and the documents that we need is a copy of their ID, a copy of their registration and a copy of their vehicle insurance. Um, so those are pretty critical to enrolling them. And that's part of our commitment that we make to our site uh, owners that we're gonna make sure that everyone who's parking there is following all of the uh, laws that surround driving. We also do an intake though, and we talk about you know their income. We ask them about their experience a little bit. We make sure they understand our code of conduct in our program. And our code of conduct are things like you know what time the program starts, what time it ends. Uh, there's no illegal activities at any of our safe parking. People have to be respectful to each other. There's no drinking alcohol or any other you know, paraphernalia. There's no violence. Um, so it goes through a list of, of, of behaviors that we want to support with folks staying at our lots. And so after a client goes through our intake assessment, understands our program and is able to agree to be in our program, then they're permitted into the closest parking program that makes sense for their life. And that could be, you know, where they're from, where their family and support system is, where they go to work. So it really varies depending on, on the client and what's best for them. And how do you screen um, your clients as far as people that may have be violent offenders or sexual predators or anything like that? Is there any kind of screening process for that? That's a great question. Yes, we definitely let everyone know that we have to do a screening. Uh, there's a website to screen if people are sex offenders. And so that's the, 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 one, uh, the one thing that we cannot have sex, people that have, ha are sex offenders and are on the registry are definitely screened and not able to stay at Safe Parking LA. And, and that has to do with our our site owners and operators and their, you know, rules around the property that we partner using. And how do you acquire the property that you use? Through relationships with the city and the county, uh, with uh, stakeholders that are interested in, in partnering with us to provide safe parking. We had our first safe parking lot open at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Koreatown in the greater Los Angeles area. And they were the, the first partners that Safe Parking had. Uh, they said yes to, to this experiment of Safe Parking. And they talked to their constituents, they talked to their neighbors, their stakeholders, along with the founders. We did a lot of advocacy with the community uh, because people didn't know what Safe Parking was and what it meant. And it really turned into a successful venture. We were uh, partnering with people that belong to the church, community members. Uh, there's a child care center next to the church 
that you know did a lot of donation uh, hosting for us in many areas. So it turned out to be really a, a, a fruitful and successful partnership. And it's really all about communication and also uh, our own clients talking to stakeholders and not being afraid to be seen because they were in a safe place. And how do you work with the city and the county and the state on the issue of uh, homelessness and the work that you're doing? Our, our main funder uh, is the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. So we receive money from them that comes from the city and the county. And we definitely partner with them um, in, in making sure that we are providing best practices with our services. We also participate in a lot of neighborhood council coalitions. We make sure that we participate in uh, the coordinated entry system, which involves many people from the city and the county. So in Los Angeles County, we've developed a really great collaborative system that uh, coordinates partners, agencies, uh, all stakeholders in, in developing a communication pipeline where we're meeting, we're having conversations, and we're even doing case conferencing with other organizations. Because sometimes our clients are not only our clients, they belong to other organizations. And so we are collaborating on our plans. In the overall operations of Safe Parking LA, how is your funding? You said most of your funding comes from the city of LA. What percentage is grants versus individual donations or corporate sponsorships? We have 50% of our funding that comes from, from the city and the county through LASA. And I would say 30% 30, 30 come from foundations. Uh, we've been really blessed to have the support of a lot of important foundations like the California Community Foundation, the Jewish Community Foundation, and we also have uh, funding from the Conrad Hilton Foundation. So they've been, you know, partners with us in this venture. And then I would say, you know, 10% of our funding comes from, from donations, from people in the community that are making an investment in the work that we do. And, and the other 10% uh, has been coming from corporate sponsorship. We, we need to do more work on our uh, individual giving and expand our development and fundraising efforts. And again, I, I think it's just, we're a new organization. We started in 2018 and our evolution is, is going through phases. Right now you are uh, working under the fiscal sponsorship of community partners. And I understand you're now gonna be separating and going on your own as an independent 501c3. Uh, how is that working? For you. How's it going? Yes, we are super excited about the next evolution of Safe Parking LA, where we see ourselves transitioning into our own 501c3. And we are really excited about, you know, becoming independent. We, we definitely, we have a great advisory board that's made a commitment to supporting Safe Parking LA. Uh, we have uh, commitments from the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, from our funders. And so we feel really supported. And we're also fiscally ready uh, to be on our own. Right now, we are operating under community partners, and they oversee and handle our 
our fiscal department, human resources, grants management. And so we're really ready to take those things on. And we just finished filing our articles of incorporation. Um, so we're definitely on the road to independence and excited about that. And uh, we didn't talk about this before, and I should have asked the question, what is your annual budget right now? Right now it's 2.3, it's okay. 2.3, yeah. That's million for my listeners who might not know. Yes, yes, sorry, yes. <laughs> and, and in full transparency for my listeners, I have to uh, disclose that I am one of the advisory board members of Safe Parking LA. I came on uh, back in January and uh, it's, it's wonderful to see the organization grow and, and develop. Uh, uh, and I've made my own contribution and I encourage our listeners to do the same thing. Uh, and at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about how they can reach out and do that. Um, let me ask a couple more questions about uh, the work right now. Um, what are the major impacts that COVID-19 had on the agency and on your clients? COVID-19 was really, well, it was, I think it was scary for everyone. And, and, and people that are living in their vehicles are actually living outside. They're experiencing life in the outside elements. And when everything shuts down, that is, you know, so impactful. When, you, when you're used to going to Starbucks to go to a restroom or to get Wi-Fi and you cannot even find a restroom anywhere or Wi-Fi, it's really detrimental to, to your basic needs. And, and, you know, just speaking about Wi-Fi, you know, I think one of the things that we learned as a society is how internet is really now a basic need in, in our lives. I mean, it's, it's not just a extra thing. It, it's, it's connected to school. It's connected to community. It's connected to our mental health. Um, so the, the pandemic affected our clients. They were outside experiencing all of the closed doors that were being shut in the shutdown. They had to think about, you know, their own safety and they had, we did a lot of work around providing masks, providing a lot of education about what COVID-19 was, um, about the risk factors. We really did a great job of looking at all of our clients and determining who was more at risk and eligible for Project Room Key. Project Roomkey was a great effort that was put into place by uh, our governor that really turned hotels into emergency shelters. So we probably paid, placed 50 people in these uh, emergency Project Roomkey programs. Mm. And you know we did that because they had underlining health conditions that put them at greater risk. We developed hygiene kits and gave them out. We talked about you know, how to clean their cars um, and made sure that they had all the supplies that they needed. And we really focused on food, food, showers, um, real basic stuff, uh, because they had lost access to gyms, for example. Uh, many of our clients were members of gyms because they could take a shower there. They could work out there, they could rest there. And when, you know, the world shut down, all of those avenues shut down. Right. So COVID-19 really affected our work in a big way. 
one of the things I, I appreciate about being on the board is that the board is, is becoming more and more diversified, but also that one of your former clients is now a board member. Um, I think that's an important contribution uh, to the work of the organization. How did you end up uh, deciding to, to put a client on, on your board or a former client on your board? Well, we, well, we knew we wanted, I think, you know, in the last five years, um, definitely in the homeless services sector, uh, providers have really been able to see how much uh, knowledge a person that has experienced homelessness brings to the table. And so there, there's been a real big push to hire people with lived experience, to uh, bring people into management with lived experience and, and to then transition people into a board of directors with lived experience because those their perspectives of having been down that road specifically really adds value uh, to our work and, and makes us always keep the client at the center of what we're doing and how we're making those decisions so our particular board member is really great. He loves Safe Parking LA. He felt such a connection to the team that helped him. We were his lifeline. And, um, and now he's super excited to be part of uh, that lifeline for others and brings his, his experience, yeah. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Let me wrap up with a couple of final questions. Over your career, you've had you know, many relationships with board members and clients and professionals you've worked with. Uh, tell us about one of your favorite experiences uh, in your past. I think mentors are really important. And one of the things, you know, uh, you shared that I have my master's uh, in executive leadership. And, and you know, I, I love being a mentor. And the reason I love being a mentor is because I had great mentors. And one of my greatest mentor uh, was actually a supervisor uh, that I met over 25 years ago. And, um, you know, why he made an impact in my life is that he always had frank conversations with me, gave me a lot of feedback, and really always opened doors for me to, to think three steps ahead and, and to really plan uh, so, for example, um, I, you know, I also uh, was a single mom going through, you know, life and I didn't have the opportunity to get my bachelor's degree right out of high school. And I started working in the nonprofit homeless sector without a degree. And he really saw how smart I was and how what a hard worker I was. And he really sat me down and, and he said, you know, you, you are going to hit a ceiling and you're not going to be able to surpass that ceiling. And he really encouraged me. And that really did it for me. I went back to school with my two kids and worked and just persevered. And I, and I now have a master's, you know. Uh, so I think mentors, words that people say with you in those critical moments really make the difference. That's, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So if people want to uh, get involved in Safe Parking LA, uh, either making donations or volunteering, how would they contact you and how would they get involved? Well, our website is the best way to do it. Uh, we have, uh, so that's www 
safeparkingla.org. Um, you'll find that you can make a donation there. You can connect us, connect with us if you're interested in being a volunteer. Um, you can also email any questions uh, or anything to info at safeparkingla.org. And so that's, you know, an email that's looked at daily and filtered to the appropriate person. We are, what we're really focused on in this next year is volunteerism. We're really looking at expanding our program. We have a staff person now that is going to be overseeing it. We've uh, developed an application process and are really going to be rolling that out this year and are excited because, you know, as, as we've gotten vaccinated, as the world starts to open up, we want to follow suit and bring people back into the work that we're doing to partner with us as volunteers or donors. Um, we're always open to give a tour of Safe Parking LA and, and just to have a conversation about who we are and the work that we're doing. Great. And my last question, uh, when you're not working, what do you like to do? Well, I love being with my kids. So I've got kids and I've got grandkids now. And oh, I have to tell you, grandkids are amazing. Like okay. I, I heard people talk about how great grandkids were, but it's an indescribable feeling really. And they are just the best. I wish, I, sometimes I wish you could just skip to that, but it doesn't work. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being our guest today. Uh, and I, I really appreciate uh, the work you're doing. And I appreciate being on your board. It's, it's, a, it's a fun opportunity for me to, uh, to get into a different sector of, uh, of the community that I haven't been in before. Uh, thank you. Thank all my listeners for tuning in. Uh, and uh, thank you for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We want to stay connected with you. Be sure to stay connected with our community by giving a like to our Facebook page and following our Instagram at paintedrock underscore advisors. Our podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms. We'll see you at our next release. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.